Start the damn show, man! What you do click, this time? Click the last link. Boop. I'm having issues with her computer. Oh my God! Get it figured out. That's it. Shut your mouth. What does bless it mean? Like I'm some sort of little. And I'll wait it. Hey, Uncle Bill. Here's what you do next time. Hey, job. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Josh. Open up the email. Here's what you do. Click, click the last. Uh. Yeah. You know what, Uncle Bill? When you're talking to Josh, you get a free pass. You say whatever you want. Listen, though. Hey, let's start this damn podcast, man. What? Shut up. How? Five, four, three, two. All right, everybody, it's that time again. It is the BS Podcast with your hosts, the Moran Brothers, and it is week seven, Alabama, Tennessee, and oh my gosh. Josh, I'm going to swear through your vocabulary this week because we have so much to talk about. A bunch of freaking bull crap when it comes to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Wait a minute. That's not our Alabama Crimson Tide, is it? What happened with them? Anyway, we will get in on this. And uh, Josh, just before we start off, I want to get your thoughts on the game. I know there's a few things you're going to take me to task on um, when it comes to our defense because I made some very, very – I don't know, man. I made some uh, I made some lively predictions about the defense and uh, how I supported them, and they were getting better every week, and then we have this bull crap. So talk to me. It's been a week, so I've I've forgotten most of the things I said last Monday. So uh, you'll remind me, and then we can go over it. But I would say ten years ago, I'd probably be a lot more pissed off because uh, I was a little more uh, emotional and emotionally invested in how the outcomes of the games and how they affected me in my real life. So I'd probably be depressed right now, like sucking on a tree, but. Also, we go through this all the time. Alabama loses a game in the regular season. People fucking melt down. Like, it's the, it, it, like the dynasty's over. Like, we were just in a championship game last year. We whooped Georgia's ass. And then we lose a couple receivers. Things don't go our way. We lose a championship game. All of a sudden, we get beat by a Tennessee game that I kind of thought that this was the year they were going to get over the 15-year hump. They had so many things. So many things to play for. And obviously we have something to play for too, but they're playing for 15 years of frustration. Uh, they got a new coach. He's killing it. The moment's not too big for him. And they took care of business. And uh, I don't know if you said that Tennessee played elite the whole game, but neither defense played elite at all in the game. There were no defenses that showed up. The only reason they won the game is because they had the ball last and we missed a field goal. It came down to who was going to have the ball last. If you watched that game, you just knew he, no, neither one of the quarterbacks were going to be denied. They were going to put their team in a position to win, which Bryce did. And we're usually coming out on the other end of these. But we lost this one. And 15 seconds, you let them, you let them go 30-something yards, you deserve to lose. The defense sucks. I think it was 23 seconds, and they went over 50 yards. 15 seconds. 
They had two plays, and then they kicked a field goal. I, I'm just I'm bewildered in a sense, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think there I think there's some underlying issues here with this Alabama Crimson Tide football team. It, first things first, it ain't for a lack of talent on the field. It's not a it's there's no lack of talent when it comes to us at any position. But I look at this and I, I go back to the things you talked about. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, uh, Nick Saban have a feud, you know, um, before the season starts. There was a time and a place where um, you look at your coach is like a father figure, and it's like, you know, I might have issues with my coach or my dad, but nobody is going to talk about my dad but me. And then that you're going to play for. We didn't see that against Texas A&M. Um, you know, I heard today on the radio, listen to Feinbaum, and, I mean, it, the, it, the show was lit. It was so good. I mean, the people just calling in and just smashing um, Alabama fans. I mean, they're – they're expecting Alabama fans to make excuses, which I'm sure there's a wide variety of those people who do. But I'm not one of those. Um, I'm not one of those fans that are going to make excuses. I'm going to talk about some things that are reality. Um, but there's a reason that, that we lost this game. But you, if you ask me, you go back and you look. Um, Alabama could right now, based on the way it's performed, it could be sitting at four and three on the season. And the thing I kept thinking about as I was uh, listening to the game, to the second half, it's like, how many times are you going to play with fire before you actually get burnt by the flame? It was Texas, it was Texas A&M, and it came down to Tennessee. Who wanted the freaking game more? Who decided that they were going to execute? And yes, Tennessee gave up 49 points. Um, but Alabama obviously just did not want the game as much. And how is that? It goes into the preparation. Listening to um, Will Anderson talk today and, and the feel of the locker room after the game and what practice was like today, that's good. Say the right things. Let's say the right things, but I'm telling you, talk is cheap. It, it comes across and like it's action that pays the bills. I'm glad to hear that they had great, op they had great energy today, that people were more focused, people were paying attention, and sometimes you do need to be kicked in your ball sack uh, for you to wake up and get an idea of what is going to bring you uh, to reality. But I'm saying, where is the process? Who's responsible for 17 penalties? That breaks, I don't know, a 40-year, no, a 20, 30-year record. I, I have it right here. Um, 17 penalties for 130 yards. The lack of discipline is supposed to be the Bama factor. It's supposed to be the process that you rely on. It's supposed to be uh, discipline. It's supposed to be toughness. It's supposed to be a team, and we do not have it. And it continues to show its ugly head. I, I, you want to point fingers, but you have to go all the way to the top because these issues have shown themselves in the game more than just this Tennessee game. It, like I say, there's three games that we could have lost. Um, and you, I mean, I have to give you credit. That defense, I gave them credit for, for fighting off on the last play against Texas A&M. But here we are. We can't stop anything. And I look at 
I got to stop there for a second because I, I could just keep going. What do you, how do you respond to any of that? <laughs> I was wanting to jump in a couple of times, but I just jumped in. Like, uh, just, so it's uh, it's just hard to watch sometimes because on one hand, you do want to be happy that we we have won a couple of those games and we didn't play any defense and we still had a chance to win the game. We had all those penalties, I think. I think it was a lopsided called game, but we still had a chance to win the game. We had so many stupid mistakes. We continue to make all those mistakes, but usually we continue to win the games. This year, it's different, and it finally bit us in the ass. And it's like watching the Raiders. You, If you try to watch their press conferences, they say all the right things. But it's like, I'm tired of hearing you motherfuckers talk. Get it done. Get some wins. I don't care what you're saying. Like, I need to see the actions. So, I don't know. We're going to come out and play Mississippi State, and we can come out and struggle again because I have no idea what I'm watching from week to week. And it's all I knew was Tennessee looked like a buzzsaw, and if they get brought down to earth they're, uh, against Georgia, I, I don't know, man. Uh, they don't look like they can be stopped as far as their offense, so we'll see. Well, just I'm watching – I'm watching Tennessee and the way they're playing us. And, and the thing that I think is evident, this is what I believe has just happened. There's a recipe to beat Alabama because we play, historically, in the Saban area, we play so much man coverage and it's press. So get behind the coverage. In this situation, you know, Coach Saban's talking about we, we, we went to play nickel and then he, they, we kind of changed. We evolved into a dime package. Which dime is almost almost could be considered like a, a prevent defensive times, but look at look at this, dude. We our football team couldn't they couldn't stop anything, John. Quincy, the dude had five touchdown catches. Five touchdown I, catches, I know. Uh, I know. One person. So one guy. I don't care what the hell it. Honestly, it still comes down to players. Um. And our secondary is weak as fuck. Now hold on. You a minute, can't dude. give up that you, many. You are the guy who who crowned Kool Aid. Kool Aid's one. Kool Aid's one player. We have him. We have Kool Aid. He, okay, he so he covers the whole time. field. No, he doesn't cover the whole field. Do you have the stats brought up of how many times he got burnt? No, but I'm because I didn't hear his name getting burnt all day. As a matter of fact, I didn't hear his name hardly at all, which tells me they did not throw to him. How many times did he get tar did they target him? That's what we want to know. Well, I didn't uh, what I'm saying is if he would have got targeted, been around the ball, he would have made some tackles, got burnt or something. Is when, when you off. when you don't hear when you don't hear a cornerback's name all game, it means they're not throwing the ball to him. It means they're doing something right. That's true. Now, look, what has just happened, what Hypel has done, is he had a body of work to look and see where we were weak defensively. And I'm not beyond saying that we were, we've been outcoached several times this season. It's um, not just outcoached. It's the players. It's the players' I, intensity. I agree. It's just agree. all of it. What has just happened with Hypel is he has given the air raid offense in Mississippi State a recipe to obliterate our defense. What else has he done? He's Mississippi also State was already going to do that. 
probably. I know, but but we've been exposed even deeper. And here's the thing. Oh now, yeah, we Lane, got we got to play Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin now has a body of work to look and see Bro. where we are. And if if Alabama doesn't do something, if so, if everybody's job besides Bryce Young is not questionable in the locker room, where do we go from here? LSU's going to be a tough to beat. How can how can this football team that has so many five-star players, guys that are in the conversation all year long about the Heisman Trophy, the best defensive uh, lineman in the country, how do we have zero quarterback hurries? How do we uh, dude, have that? that? They disappeared. I don't know what happened. How the defense we, disappeared. Hey, what is is it NIL? Is this getting in the player's head? Is there less to, to play for? I don't know what's going on. But something has changed. I don't know what it is. Something has – the ship has got to get righted. Now, look, Saban has evolved in the past. but I he think has he's getting better, a little soft. It, that may be the case. He's evolved in the past. I believe he still can. But his supporting cast in those years was better than he has right now when it comes to coaching. That's a fact. Look at Look at this. Never in my life uh, of the Saban era, save the first year, have I questioned whether we were mentally tough enough to go on the biggest stage and compete and come through. And I, right I, now, I questioned it. Right now, I do. This year um, is when I started questioning it uh, after well, the Texas game. I, I you look at that, and, and um, you know there there's something to. Look, they're they're teenage, they're young twenties, but they know what they signed up for. This is this is the biggest collegiate stage. You come to Alabama for a reason. There shall be no excuses when you get on the field. But it comes it goes even further back. It's like what is happening at practice? Where is the accountability by the leadership? Is it a lack of leadership in with the football players? It does matter because there is a process here, there is a standard. And that standard is obviously not being met. So what is going to change? What's going to change between now and Saturday to see what you know? what's going to bring Alabama to perform like we believe they can, like we've expected them to in the past, but they have failed to do in such a way. I mean, Utah State, big whoopity-doo. Who gives a rip? That, that doesn't matter. The way that, ha- that it happened in Texas – the way it happened to Texas A&M, now it's happened in Tennessee. We used to be mentally tough. So what has changed? I know the players changed. I know the coaching staff has changed. But there is a process that Coach Saban has preached for us to rely on when it comes to being built by Bama and having the Bama factor. Something is missing. I think that uh... – at the end of the season, whatever happens, he's going to have to make the decision. And, you know, usually the coaches are leaving for jobs. But he needs to oust – he needs to clean house a little bit. I mean, there's coaches he can find to come in and do what he needs done because, obviously, whatever these guys' visions are not working out. I mean, he's the head coach. It, you can still see the talent. You can still see it. The talent looks the same. The product's different. So well, – that- you're right. Here's the thing. You can say talent all day, but look at what's going on in Texas A&M. People blame Jimbo Fisher. So how could we not, you know, have some accountability with Coach Saban? Look, he is—he's the greatest of all time. Well, because um, here, here, 
we see a pattern developing with his team, and I, I just don't I don't know. Like it's one year. Jimbo is always like that. He has not been a good coach consistently. He has one year. We won a championship off of a crab leg stealing quarterback. Okay? So what other – you can't say he's set a standard of excellence. So I don't don't know if I would just put it on Saban. I think he's just giving these guys too much time. I think – I think he's kept Golden around too long. Uh, my, if you talk about to me about Golden, I can be swayed one way or the other, but that's because I'm a human, and I don't know. You can talk me into you know going one way or the other just based on me wanting him to be good. But I've been saying he's trash. So well, I've heard, I the the thing is is that I look at I look at him and like I was trying to tell Jeff over the weekend, but he is the one who first pointed out. The, the lack of intensity, the lack of, of kill mentality that usually comes along with an Alabama football team. Um, uh, but he's the, of, he's the, they have to coach that. Agreed. That's the point that I'm making when, when Jeff was pushing back on me uh, about Pete Golding because I saw him as like, look, he's a, he's a man. He's a man in development, and he's, he's gotten better. Um, over has he? Year over year, he has. That statistically, you look at the defense. Fourth of pass rush the other day. Right then. now, I know. I, that's. I'm How do you not get pressure on the quarterback with uh, Will Anderson, Dallas Turner? You remember? You remember all that? I, I, yeah, I remember those two guys. Was Tennessee just blocking us? Was Tennessee just blocking us that good? If it takes one man to block Will Anderson, he's not himself. He's not the man he's supposed. He's not. He's not acting according to who he is. Did Tennessee's offense show up? Two guys. And their defense shit the bricks like ours. So if you if you look at what the product is on the field, there's no denying that there something is different, and we're trying to put our hand our our finger on what what the pulse is. Uh, Inconsistency with receivers, uh, penalties. On there's, both sides of the ball, it's just this. stupid decisions. I, I agree. It's the it's secondary the play. These, the lack of these things here. I'm gonna write them down as a Sam because I I wanna I wanna review my own life and see where where I'm falling short. So you look you, first things first. Ask your wife. Mental toughness. Where is it? Because we don't have it right now. Now look, hang on, remember, have, hey, hang on. ask your wife and she'll tell you where you're falling short. That's don't, don't ignore my joke. The first thing you can do is shut your freaking mouth. You shut your mouth. So mental toughness. Now built into that is resiliency, but we do not have mental toughness. Um, Bryce does shit. We collect those freshman do receivers have, do. I just. I look at it, I go, look, Bryce came in, and he's who we thought he is. He's exactly Joe, who Joe Earl, he was. Joe, Joe Earl had some good plays later in the game. Like, I don't know why you guys hold, but it's not the offense. Like, our, our offense scored 49 points, and our, our freaking great kicker is starting to struggle now. Don't it's, know where that came from. I'm telling you, there's something, something deeper is going on here. So, mental toughness. 
You think you they're getting on the road? You think somebody's molesting the team? No, I, I wasn't even going that direction. Um, so it's lack. You think of somebody's pissing in their cornflakes? I mean, I think the Vikings used to drink their own pee. They were pretty strong. They see a lot of mushrooms too off the ground and pray to the gods. I, I'm so I'm just trying to make some points here, and you're you're, let's no points, no points made. Quincy, there are no points. We have said it. We don't know what the fuck is going on, dude. We have no clue. I don't know. I am watching these games, and I I I'm not watching. I'm watching a football team that is six and one. But I ain't watching like a normal Bama squad. It's a it's six and one is not the end of the world. And if this you loss think? is like what I the mean, team needed, I, I know. But what I'm uh, saying, you know what you know what we thought fun. they needed was uh, to barely win against Texas and to barely win against Texas A and M. I know, and I I repeatedly said I hope this wakes them up. I hope this wakes them up. I hope this wakes them up. But the only thing that's gonna wake them up smoking too much marijuana. They need to quit. If they're smoking weed, they need not to smoke it during the season. Yeah, they now, need to wait, especially at least what's after the game. There's a what do you think what do you take away from coach saying that the team was tied and Will Anderson saying that there was a certain amount of anxiety before they came out? What what in the world is that about? Hang on, reset that, me on that. I don't know what you're talking about. So today's press conference, you know, I, I thought it was great. Will Anderson, I'm a fan. He is a, a well spoken He's Very not the same man. this year either. I think there's something going on with him. There, he's had some bonehead plays, and he's not himself. He doesn't seem like the – I don't know. There's just something off. Go ahead. So he was talking today, and they were asking him, what was the feel in the locker room? And the feel in the locker room obviously was, you know, deep disappointment. But that night they talked about it, and it's like this comes down to how we practiced. And I'm paraphrasing. He's like – there's not going to be any more of X, Y, and Z. From now on, there's going to be a level of accountability. There's going to be a standard, and that is all that's going to be acceptable. Now, that's what he said. It, that's that's what I paraphrased what he said. He said, "Okay, I told, so why this is game seven, motherfucker?" I, I know. I, he told the team this: "It's time to come back to Mama's house. It's time to go back to the basics." I mean, if if you, if, I'm a, I don't know I'm what part, that means. Come back to Mama's house, but. You got to come back to the foundation of life and, and football. Where the hell did they go? Whose house they been I, hanging out at? I um, do um, not know. Uncle Boo Boo's out there drinking, watching pornographic films, snorting, snorting the cocaine. No, if they go back to your mama's house and eat the damn soul cooking, you idiots. It's a metaphor. I get. I understand what he says because I'm an intellectual, and you are just nothing but an empty bucket. Uh, with that being said, why, whether it's life or football, why do we need this type of adversity to come our way? Why don't we just live the standard? And that's what's not happening in Alabama. You, do you get the idea that after 15 years you can just show up and people are going to cave because you're Alabama? No, that does not happen. Do you get the idea that you're not going to have to put in the hard work 
You're not going to have to grind during the week in practice. You're not going to have to prepare like, to, like it's expected of you as an Alabama football player to prepare. You're just going to show up on game day. I've seen the mentality, and I don't know if that's what, what is going on here. But discipline-wise, mental toughness-wise, um, domination-wise, defensively, we do not have it. In hey, I just thought of something. It. I just oh, thought of something. All right, let's go back. Saban tried his hand in the NFL. Wasn't really that good at it, right? Couldn't get mm. the team to buy in. Couldn't get, get couldn't get the team to buy in. Couldn't get what he wanted with the management, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Here comes the NIL money, and you got these players. Bryce aside, because he's obviously bought in, but you got these players that uh, are getting paid now. And they, they're like, well, you know what? I'm already on my way. And they got their own way of doing things. And they're not falling in line with the way we're supposed to do it at Alabama. And Coach Saban has a problem coaching those types of people, obviously. So he does. Could, could it be that? Could it be that kind of creeping in uh, to the program? And that's why we're seeing so many boneheaded plays. Or I mean, you, you have to think of everything outside the box or whatever. I have no idea what's going on. You do, but the problem is is that everybody's dealing with this. Every football team is. Yeah, well, see, here's the thing. Georgia's though. dealing with it. Hey, hang on. Saban's dealing with it. Saban is. Ohio State is dealing with it. They're not Coach Saban. Saban is hard on he people. He is the greatest of all times. He's not supposed in, to be able to deal with this. Not when players are getting paid. He sucks at that. So that's his demise, the NIL. It will be the end of the Saban era. That's I'm not prediction. telling. No, it's not a prediction. I was just pointing that out as another. We're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Okay, well, here's something out of left field. I don't know. Um, I don't. You know what? As I got to tell you, Josh, I'm surprised that you brought that out. Um, I'm proud of you for that. That is. Uh, that's an angle. Dude, I'm skeptical of everything, bro. I don't trust nothing. Everything. With that being said, let's take time now to bring in Wild Bill and his Bamba Bullet Points. Uncle Bill. We had technical difficulties. <laughs> I don't I don't necessarily know what technical difficulties are, but. Well, hey, buddy. y'all's Aunt Cindy didn't flip the thing over to Chrome, whatever that is. It's a browser. No, no worries. Uncle Bill, there's, uh, there's definitely a lot to talk about as we get into um, the stats here. Uh, but I got to say, this Alabama team will now own. They will be responsible for a 15-year, uh, an end to a 15-year streak. Bryce Young, Will Anderson. Kool-Aid, McKinstry. Um, these are the guys who went to Rocky Top and, and broke a 15-year uh, winning streak. They've got to live with that. These guys are also the guys that have to live with 115 years since Alabama's had that many points scored on them. These are the guys that have to live with 17 penalties, the most in some over like 20 years. These are the guys that have the top talent when it comes to defense on the edge and had zero quarterback hurries. 
these are the guys that had 20-something seconds, um, could not stop the Tennessee Volunteers, let them get into field goal range and kick for the win. I think it was, 15, the guys, I think it was 15 seconds. It was 23 seconds and 50 yards they went. 15 seconds and any amount of yards to get into field goal range with a knuckleball kick. These, it's this this group of Alabama players with great young men, with great talent that brought the 15-year winning streak to an end. Where do they go from here? Good question. I don't know, but those are some guys. Those are some guys, okay? Yeah. They need to go back to eating ramen noodles and struggling a little bit, honestly, if you think about it, because uh, maybe they... So, so you haven't... Uh, uh, you, you got on some of my bullets here. So Quincy brings Bill <laughs> in for the Wild Bill Battle bullet points and then proceeds to talk and make points of his own, therefore canceling out some of Bama. No, that's, that's, that's all good. Those are some of my thoughts. Josh, you mute yourself and get out of here. I'm muted. When you, right, when you stop and think about it, two games in a row, supposed to be the best defensive player in the country, has zero sacks. Two games. Final play. Tennessee right tackle. We'll run up to him. He blocked him, and he did absolutely nothing. He didn't try to get around him or anything. But not even a quarterback hurry. They never got him out of his rhythm. Just let him stand back there and throw the ball. But because uh, I, I wrote some stuff down, you've already touched on the penalties. Um, Hooker threw for 385 yards. We scored 49 points, and that's not enough for an Alabama team to win a football game. And you can't blame it on just Pete Golden. Coach Saban should have intervened at some point and done something different with our defensive coverage the way that I feel. But uh, Gibbs had 103 yards rushing. He touched on uh, since 1907. We allowed 54 points, and here we have 115 years later. In 130 yards to go with the 17 penalties. We had 569 yards. They had 567. We had about 37 minutes and 29 seconds and 32 first downs. And we lose a football game. If I had been Coach Saban, we would have had either 18 or 19 penalties because it would have been close. I know I'd have got penalty number one, but I would probably got penalty number two. But the official that called the interference in the end zone and never threw the flag till Kool-Aid's about 20 yards downfield with the ball, and then he decides to throw a flag. And then when they nearly behead my quarterback and review it and say, that's not targeting, what is targeting? They talk and preach. Here's my main bullet. They talk, they preach every telecast, every game. Player safety, player safety, player safety. That's all you hear. The announcers, the commentators, that's all they talk about. When your quarterback's hitting the head five times, 
not one time are they called, don't preach to us about player safety when you're not implementing the rules. Because there's no way that that 320-pound lineman hit Bryce Young in the jaw with his helmet that that's not targeted. But it's Absolutely. not. Tall. We also had a few of those phantom flags thrown after way yeah. after the plays were over. And I'm not one to complain about the officiating. If it's a flag, it's a flag. If it's on us, it's still a flag. I don't care. I just want you to be fair and call it the same on both sides. That was obviously not happening. And those targeting calls after seeing that ridiculous crap with Tom Brady over the weekend, last weekend, where it was called it was called a flag when he basically laid him down and tucked him into bed, kissed him on the cheek, and it was like, "Here, I sack you." And they called targeting or, or uh, roughing the passer. Nothing, yeah. Nothing was called on this guy, and he was getting beat up. He was sliding. I can I remember he he started to slide, and a dude lit him up, and they was like, "Well, he didn't commit to the side." He was literally starting to slide, and as soon as they start the slide, that is when you're not supposed to touch him. He laid him out. Nothing was called. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I would do if I was Coach Saban or the offensive line coach. I would make those young men sit and watch every single one of those um, questionable calls that didn't get called and, and, and just make them watch on repeat how Bryce was treated. Because I tell you what, Hooker on the other side, we were talking about him being a hooker and getting hands all over him. He didn't get touched. I think one 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 play he got touched. But I've, I've got to tell you, and I'm like you, Josh. I think of it in a biblical sense, rightly divide the word. If it's a penalty against Alabama, they earned it. They deserve it. If it's a penalty uh, in favor of Alabama, they should still get it. And you watch you watch the targeting call, and this is not me making an excuse. Does it change the game? I have no idea. But you watch. He leads with his head, and he hits him in the face with the helmet. Now, look. Well, I mean, he, he elbowed him in the head, too. I mean, it was so many. It was just, oh, man, I don't know. I just can't I mean, explain it. I cannot explain that, that officiating crew was one of the worst I've ever seen in my life. Well, Steve Shaw but not seen that. I know that Tuscaloosa uh, no time soon. <laughs> I know that Coach Saban in, in Alabama's program, they submitted that non-targeting um, right. video to um, who, to the SEC or to the, Steve Shaw's over the, the officials. officials. But so according to Steve when you Shaw, talk about it, his officials never miss a call, according to Steve Shaw. They're always right. Oh, Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I just want I'm us sure to bounce back. I want us to bounce back from this and play some Bama football. Uh, I just don't. I'm not. I'm not seeing what I'm used to seeing, and it's we've got a very good sample size of this. What, 15 years now? We um, have a great. I, I I completely agree. We have sample size, and and the thing is, we have a great sample size this season of top tier opponents. We have evolved. We the same thing. Usually Saban evolves the right way, but I feel like we have evolved into a Big 12 team right now. I think all I think all teams, like if even if you go to some, the other best defense in the country, Georgia, look at what Alabama did to Georgia in the SEC championship. I think the days of great shut-em-down defense are over just with the evolution of the offense. But uh, even with but, our team, though, it you used to we could predict how Alabama's going to respond to a loss to 
whatever. Uh, Very true. You know, how they talk about saving or, or whatever happens. Oh, you did this. We lost you last year. Okay, there's no way you're you're losing that game, but we almost lost it. It's like we can't predict what this team is going to – I don't know how they're going to respond. Well, my question to you guys, how can you allow one receiver to score five touchdowns on you and you never change your defensive secondary coverage? Why are you continuing well, – I have no stay? idea. Well, why do you, I don't know. <laughs> well, why didn't they go to the dime package or whatever and have all cornerbacks out there? Why didn't they double-team him? Well, Eli, I got to tell you. Eli Hicks must be horrendous. I got to tell you, they did go to the dime coverage. They went to the dime package. They were playing nickel package um, for part of the night, and the, the adjustment that they made, according to Coach Saban, is they went to – the dime package, and uh, so uh, they yeah. have three three down linemen and eight guys covered in the pass, and still they were able to cut us to shreds. They were still and, that guy was lined up with one of our safeties every time. If Kool Aid has to cover a man to man, let him cover a man to man. Whatever. One yeah. guy. So I was telling him, Uncle Bill, uh, it's like we got one good defensive back because. They didn't mention Kool-Aid Harley all game, which lets you know that his guy was taken care of, and right. they were they were burning literally every other defensive back. It doesn't matter. Branch, uh, Arnold, who you know I'm not a fan of, uh, Battle, it doesn't matter. They were all getting burnt except for Kool-Aid. I didn't hear his name hardly the whole game. He did his job. And, and you know one of those things that can actually help you there, and I, that tells me – that tells me that... How about some zone or something? Shit. Yeah. Let, me, l- let me ask this Do question. Something. Do you go to the dime package because you have faith in your guys up front that they can create some noise and then there is no pressure on the quarterback? Well, the, the there was no pressure on the quarterback the whole game, so I don't know why they'd have t- uh, any confidence in that. It's a, in, in my opinion, you know, sometimes these particular types of games that you actually lose, and like I said uh, earlier on, Uncle Bill, before your segment, Alabama's played with fire three times. They finally got burnt this time. Um, and this can be used as an absolute gem when it comes to being a coach because you can talk to guys about their intensity, their attention to detail, uh, their focus until you're blue in the face. And, you, you know, it's like, oh, Got that one. Oh, got that one. And you think you're just going to continue to do it because you're Alabama. But the fact is, is that you're only as good as your weakest link. And I know that's, I know that's what you hear. That's what people say. Um, but right now, our weakest, or at least one of them, is a lack of discipline. And where does Hang that on. come from? Let's not forget, though, this lack of discipline started last year because – Last year is when these games started to be like this. I know. Uh, and it's like it's getting worse. They're not taking care of the problem. No. I, I don't, I, it, like I don't know it. I don't know what it is a lack of. It's a lack of more than just discipline. It's, uh, and look, I'm not, I want to make it clear. I'm not, I'm not um, insulting these gentlemen, whether it's the coaches or the players. I'm not insulting them as men. I'm insulting... I, the product they are putting on the field. Here's the deal. And that, hey, in football, right there, in football terms, I'm insulting them, their mothers, everything they've ever known for losing to Tennessee. And I'm sorry, that's the way it goes. We should have won that game. 
So they need to get back to the mama's house and it, it play better. Okay, go. Sorry. Um, we look at well, the, uh, for, where's the leadership from from Will? Coach I, didn't do anything Saturday. He's. Yeah. I don't know, man. Every yeah. time we start talking about something, I'm just like, yeah, where where was Will? Did he take the day off? Because he might well, as well. He might as well be over there. What's wrong with one of the defensive leaders when you come off the field, getting the defense over there, getting in their grill, and talking to them? You don't ever see that. They just I, get I off the know. field. Yeah. Yeah, preach it, Uncle Bill. I, I want to know why coming out of the, the field, on the field at Rocky Top, it's anxiety and it's not excitement. You know why? why? So because he said there know, was anxiety? No, you have not. You know, Yes. They said that there was there was a level of anxiety and it was with the team, and I think with the team, and I, I got to tell you this. Listen, listen. If you're gonna go take a test and you haven't prepared, Uncle Bill, if you're gonna preach a message and you haven't prepared, if you're right. gonna go and you're gonna do anything and you have not prepared, you will be anxious because you know you left something. You did not prepare as well as you could have. Therefore, the well, product you're going to present is not going to be up to par. Well, you, exactly what, what, we what you mean is there's – because there's two different types of anxiety you're talking about, so let's make sure we point that out. I could be studied for a test and still be anxious, but it's just because I know that I'm ready to see the outcome because of all everything I put into it. So it's that excitement, but it's still anxiety. I don't know which anxiety he's talking about now. I'm thinking about it more. Was it anxiety is in, oh, shit, I didn't do enough, or anxiety is in, like... It's it's it, going to be that one. Simply it has to be, right? Was, yeah. Simply because he talked about everybody, they were quiet. Everybody was tight. There was not that normal, let's go get it done, as they're preparing to run out of the tunnel. Everybody's anxious. And why are you anxious? And It's all speculation. And you could see you, that as soon as the game started. Yes, yes, and you know the reason you know that is because they did not prepare how they should have prepared. I know in my life when I'm not prepared, when I haven't done enough, when I know I could have done more, it's it, the product you get. That, so, so you, you feel. Get. So what you're saying is you feel like that all day, every day. All day, every day. <laughs> Probably just like your parents. Um, all right, let's talk about. I don't know. Uh, I can't get. You know, I ain't talked to mom in a while, so. I have. What you say? I'll do. We'll do the. Uh, we'll do the uh, eighth segment where I counsel you on that. We'll do it live. All right. First downs. Alabama thirty-two. Tennessee twenty-nine. Who cares? Third down efficiency. Alabama six to thirteen. Tennessee Who? five of ten. Who I cares? I hate you, Tennessee. Who cares? Fourth down efficiency. Alabama's one for one. Tennessee zero for two. Oh Tennessee, wow! We finally Tennessee found Tennessee orange. To stop them. Tennessee orange is gay. Total, total yards. Alabama five hundred sixty-nine. Who cares? Tennessee five hundred sixty-seven. Who cares? I don't. Passing yards. Look at this. If you thought Bryce Young made a difference, you were right. It, this doesn't even include the passes the guys dropped. It hit them in the freaking hands because they didn't catch it. Uh, 455 yards for Alabama, 385 yards for Tennessee. Who cares? Um, completion. Alabama, 35 of 52. That is Mr. Bryce Young. <laughs> this is so stupid. This is so freaking stupid. 21 of 31 for Hooker. 
He threw he threw the ball 31 times, 385 yards, um, and five touchdowns. Hey guys, after all of that that we've been speaking about, and we still could have won the game if Richard would have made that field goal, we win that game. They don't get in the field goal range, I don't think. I tell we you kick one it thing off. I'm sick of. One thing I'm sick of is you saying Willie Riker's name wrong week in and week out. You're obviously not repairing, uh, preparing properly. Are you anxious? Will, okay, Will Richard. Will Richard. Willie Reichard. Willie Richard missed but, the field goal, and we still up, could have won the game. Back up two plays. Jameer dropped the pass over the middle. He caught it. He was gone. The middle Man, I, uh, there not was even. nobody there. A defensive yeah. lineman was covering him. Yep, I saw, him. I saw that. A systematic implosion, and it finally caught up with us. Yards per yep. pass, Alabama 8.8. .8, Tennessee 12.4 yards per pass. Interceptions thrown. There was one, and it belonged to Tennessee. And if I'm not mistaken, we got a touchdown off of that. Rushing yards, 114 compared to Tennessee's 182. Th uh, 31 rushing attempts for Alabama, 39 for Tennessee. Yards per rush, 3.7, uh, 4.7 uh, for Tennessee. Penalties. Check this Tennessee out. ran the ball 4.7 4 yards a carry. 4.7 yards a carry. Yeah. Oh, my God. 12.4 yards per pass completed. And then look at this. That Penalty. dude is that, – that, that, co that coach is an offensive genius, but there's just no explanation for that. That is Listen unacceptable. Alabama, 17 penalties for 130 yards. And you're right, uh, Uncle Bill, if I was Coach Saban, there would have been 18 for 145 yards. Easily. Um, Tennessee, six penalties, 39 yards. Holy, they had a third. Just looking at a third. One turnover for Alabama. Two turnovers for Tennessee. Well, one fumble loss for Alabama. And how much, how, we continue to fumble the football. Um, one interception. Time of possession. Every, every metric you look at to say your team won the game, and here's why. It comes down to time of possession. 37 minutes, 29 seconds which you alluded to earlier, Uncle Bill. Tennessee had the ball 22. Um, yeah. 22 we, we even beat them, in, we beat them in time of possession. Because it only took minutes. them two minutes to score. Oh my goodness. I mean, 15 minutes we had the ball. And, Josh, one of the things we talked about with a great offense, the way to beat them is to keep them off the field. It did not matter. But all that being said, Alabama was in the hole 21-7. It looked grim. They battled back. The offense battled back. They were down 28 to 28 to 10. 28 10. We were down 18 points. That's correct. In a hostile environment, the offense battled back, but defense, where were you? The offense just kept battling, but like I just kept thinking it was going to be whoever got the ball last, and we got the ball last until we didn't have the ball last. Now let me ask you this, because I was at a Dallas Starkey game for the second half. Um, I'm told first down 10. I don't remember how many seconds we have left, but it's our turn, and we pass the ball three straight times. Right. What? Why is Bill O'Brien still employed by the University Chris, of Alabama? Wait, wait, wait. Chris Stewart asked Coach Saban, because on 10.30 on Sunday night, Coach Saban's show comes on. Chris Stewart had him in the somewhere down in the – he wasn't in the dressing room, but he was close to it. And he asked him that very question. He said because at that point of the game, they couldn't run the ball. 
because they were stacking six and seven guys into the line, blitzing to to, and they couldn't knew they couldn't run. But it all goes back to the one second down play. All Jameer had to do was catch the ball and he scores. Bill, I mean, yeah, they should have run at least one running play to run some time off the clock. I agree yeah. with that. And it probably should have been on first down. But you got to run some clock, make them call a timeout at least. You you have to. I, I You go back and you look at this game, and you know as well as I do, they're reviewing the game on Sunday. They're going through it. Will Anderson told Paul Feinbaum on Friday that every uh, they have the, the sit-down and everybody goes over their penalties, so they do it as a group. Um, there are so many. You, you never want to leave it on the field. Alabama left it on the field. All and, and, look, all credit to Tennessee. They continued to battle back. Their kicker kicked a knuckleball through the uprights. They won yeah. the game. Um, so credit due to them. I football hate Tennessee, uh, so they can go suck it. But um, – you know, I'm tired of saying Alabama lost this game. Tennessee didn't win it. I, credit to Tennessee, they won. And the fact is, is that this is nothing new for this season that we're looking at. We had huge expectations uh, for that Texas game. Alabama should have gone out and dominated, and they did not do it. And Steve Sarkeesian, he's probably the one who gave the first, uh, the first clue to the recipe um, on how to beat Alabama because they beat – Second, they, they nearly beat us with their second-string quarterback, and he was all gimped out. And then um, Texas A&M, we make them look like a great football team because we simply do not execute to the Bama standard. And that has to do with focus and discipline and effort. Those things you have And if you're not coaching them, it's not what – what was the saying back in the day when we were uh, – when we were coaches, I, I, I wish I remembered it. It's not the player's fault. It's, it's a, effectively, it's what you're allowing as a coach. So somewhere there are things happening that Coach Saban and staff are allowing that don't meet the standard, and, and it's not being properly adjudicated so that we're not, we're not seeing this product on Do the Do you field. think it's Saban or you think it's somebody down below? Because I'm calling that. I'm calling it Coach Saban because he is – look, if he is the GOAT and he gets the credit in the national championships, he's got to get the failures. It's up to him and his leadership to root out what's going on with his coaching, to root out what's going on with his players. And obviously we everybody on this particular podcast has the utmost respect for Coach Saban. But at the end of the day, if he's not correcting it, he is allowing it, and that is what is happening on the field. So I do put the onus on Coach Saban. I think Coach Saban does the same. He blames himself. He, he's the first to blame himself. So how do, they, how do we fix it? How do they fix it? How do they use this loss to say, look, we still, if there's a game to lose, we lost it because Tennessee's in the East. We still control our fate. Um, so what happens now, what happens moving forward? And like we say, talk is cheap. It's about action. That's what's going to pay the bills for this football team. I, Will uh, Anderson said they had an outstanding day of practice. The energy was different. The execution was different. The mindset was different. And, and you know, Uncle Bill, you're a pastor, so you know this already. 
uh, in life, people don't do what they're supposed to uh, until tragedy strikes. And for some reason, that's what gets people together, at least for a short amount of time. So what, what can we do as a football team, Josh, to bounce back? Where, where do we address it first? I don't know. It has to be focus, honestly. I, I don't know what you would do in practice that I, – I don't know how you fix the defense. So I don't have an answer for you, really. The, the offense looks like it's progressing. Uh, if they could stop throwing the ball to the guys that are dropping it, that'd be great. But uh, Why are those I guys still getting on the field? I know it's just like one drop pass, but this is – I don't big. know. Saban used this to have a quicker – he used to have a quicker hook. I, I don't know what's going on. This, this goes all the way back to the championship game, dropping passes. These same guys were dropping passes, were they not? Yes. And here they are, and it's so it's what we are allowing. And then did who's – Ja'Cory have one? He didn't drop one. Saturday. I don't think he dropped one on Saturday. Trayshawn dropped a couple of them, I think. I, what is going on with that young man? He, he is – I don't know, though. You just look at the team, and it's like something is missing here. Riker has been money. I mean, maybe he has been on the money, dude. Maybe these leaders that we say are leaders aren't that good at leading. Something. But I know you, the, the, co- the, coach can't, the coach cannot make everybody on the team be accountable. You have to have your minions that are carrying your vision out in the locker room because you can't. You can't do it by yourself. That's why I think it's somebody below that is not somewhere. The wires are getting crossed, uh, and at the same token, it we got to weed. We got to get rid of that. At the same token, you as the leader, you have to trust your coaching staff. Yes, and then those coaches have to trust their coaches, and then they have to trust it with the players. But when you see this thing happening over and over again, just like in business. It's up to you as the leader to go find out what is going on and then make decisions. And those decisions aren't being made because we keep seeing the same issue. Now, something that somebody brought up today is the departure of Scott Cochran and um, this particular uh, strength and conditioning group. They're more laid back. They're not more raw dog. They're not high energy. They're not... They're not mean and tough and gritty. They're more scientific, if you will. But, but we're so, not, Quincy, we're not having near as many season-ending season injuries either. I believe Scott Cochran was pushing them too hard, getting them maybe too muscled up because we kept having so many season-ending injuries, but we're not having that now with Scott well, being gone. But he and he was have- awesome. He did have some effect on their mental yeah. performance, right? But but co- co- yeah, even on the even on game days. You're you're talking about that. I mean, if I if I'm Demarco Helms, Ryan Branch, Malachi Moore, and, and all of this is going on, you're talking about guys that's been there three and four years. Why can't they do whatever and say, "Hey, we got to change something in this deep piece of alignment." We're getting burned by the same guy. Why can't they get together on the sidelines and, and do something? <laughs> There's no communication. There. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, it's so yeah. frustrating. I mean, uh, it, that's is it that their wheels getting all this money? Like y'all was talking earlier, I didn't catch all it. Wheels getting all this money. Well, I'm not getting that. So why should I try? Who knows? Uh, but what we do know is there is, national TV. There, there is a virus in on the team. Yeah, somewhere. and and that's uh that's precisely like when Gene and I talk about hockey, and we'll get this wrapped up here. Gene and I talk about hockey, and you look at Jonathan Quick. He's allowing a lot of goals in the past few seasons. Oh yeah, that, John Jonathan Quick. We all know who that is. Well, he's the goalie for the LA Kings, and the thing is, is that he's a high caliber. He's one of the best of the best of the goalies in the NHL. And the fact that he there are more goals being scored on him, like I told Jeannie, I said, that is just a symptom. There's a deeper cause. You've got to get to the root of the issue. And that in, in, in hockey, that has to do with the rest of the team and how they execute in front of the goal. And so for us in football, how do we bring that over into the football side? There is a deeper issue just based on the penalties and the lack of execution. It's whether it's Reichert missing a kick, whether it's a wide receiver uh, missing a pass or dropping a pass that hits him in the hand, whether it's defenders that are supposed to be top notch, like those three young men you mentioned that have been a part of the Bama process for three long years. This team, there's a there's a deeper issue going on, and the only thing that we can hope is that. And I said it way too many times the other night, but this is the wake up call that they need to start putting attention to detail and executing effectively so that they live the Bama standard. That's mama's house that Will's talking about. It's the process. It's what it's what should happen on day one. It's, what, it's the misery you went through sitting in that uh, press conference after the Georgia game. And why does it matter? To us fans, it matters because we're fans, but to them, it's the goals that they set out to accomplish and nobody controls the amount of effort, focus, and discipline um, but the player. And it's up to the coaches to bring out the best. That's what coaches are paid to do. That's where they live. That's how it's supposed to be. And something is missing. So it's my hope that we get back on track and, and talk about a revenge tour. There's really no revenge that's necessary. We've done this to ourselves. So how do we get ourselves out of it after seven games? Time will tell. Or do we go deeper? Do we go deeper? Because we could be four and three as opposed to six and one. With that being said, let's talk about this game against Mississippi State and get some uh, get some predictions. I don't even want to give a prediction, man. I don't know. I thought we were going to lose last week. I was actually right. And that's the first time I've been right, so I kind of feel stupid, and I'm not happy about it. But Josh, you had it to 56 to 14. Uncle Bill had it 41-27. Austin dashed. Oh, did I change it? Yeah. Uh, ah. I had it 35 to 17, but you did say that Alabama would lose. Um, where do we if, go from here? If we ain't careful, we could lose this one coming up. Um. I really just don't. I don't know what to say. I don't, I, it's hard to predict because I don't. I think it'll be a good offensive game. Um, I don't know what our defense is going to do, so I can't. I can't give you a prediction. I'll just say it's going to be you close. You are going we're to gonna, give me in a prediction, Joshua. We're going to win by seven points. Okay, Josh, <laughs> plus seven. That, I'm 40, not even. No scores. Forty-one anymore. to twenty-four. 
41 to 24, 17. I hope we come out here and just smash everybody left on our schedule and we can meet Tennessee again in the SEC championship game, which would be great. And we might have three SEC teams in the playoffs if we did that. Well, that's something that I did want to talk about, but this show's going long. I, I wonder if this happens. Um, I'm going to give you my prediction in just a minute. If this happens, okay, and uh, Georgia goes 11 that, and one, uh, but they lose to Tennessee during the during the year. But they finish 11 that. and one. Tennessee wins out. We go to the SEC championship game. We went out. We beat Tennessee, and everybody ends up with one loss. There's that, or there's which I think Georgia is going to beat Tennessee. Um, there's Tennessee Why? with one loss. <laughs> Because defensively, our team is much more disciplined than we are. If that team's if that team is kicking, they're gonna score on anybody. We'll see, man. Well, this week we get uh, Mississippi State at home, so that's a factor that's I think is gonna help Alabama. I think the crowd noise affects this team more than any other team I've really seen over the past ten years. I don't. I'm like Josh, man. It's hard for me to figure out which team is going to show up. I know Mike Leach is going to be ready. He's got he's got Hypel's, uh game plan. <laughs> he's got that uh, burn baby burn air raid offense. Um, I don't really gut wise. Don't really feel one way or another. I think Alabama can score um, at will on that Mississippi State defense. So I'm gonna say. 6349 Alabama. <laughs> None of us have any confidence in the defense. Well, Uncle Bill does a little bit, but <laughs> Okay, so with that being said, what happens if uh Tennessee loses to Alabama, uh, to uh Georgia, excuse me. Georgia wins out, they're undefeated. Alabama Georgia play SEC Championship. Alabama wins. Now you have one loss um, but then you have an undefeated Clemson. You have an undefeated Ohio State. Who goes? Who stays? Well, but wait a minute. Michigan's undefeated right now, also. I know. But Michigan, Ohio saying. State, or one of them's going to get a loss. That's why I'm We're, saying you have an, an undefeated uh, <coughs> Ohio State, an undefeated Clemson, and three one-loss whoppers with Bama, with Tennessee, and and Bama would be say the. Championship. So what happens there? Well, Bama goes. And then Georgia beat Tennessee in the regular season, so they go. Tennessee's left on the outside. UCF all over again. <laughs> and then you have Clemson and Ohio State, and there it is. That would actually work out well, great for me. I, I just want to see the Tennessee fans suffer now because. We got to win out, though. We have to win out. We have to win every single game. And, <laughs> we'll and see. if we don't, if we lose another game, this season is going to get very dismal very quick. Yep. This is one loss. And I wouldn't feel so bad about it if, you know, we hadn't had the, the Texas product and then the Texas A&M product. But it is what it is, boys. All right. There we have it. Uh, Josh predicts Alabama by seven. Uncle Bill predicts 41-24. Alabama wins. And then Quincy Moran predicts 63-49 to in a shootout. <clears throat> Yeah. Mississippi State them Bulldogs and uh we will see. We'll All see. Right, boys. We'll see you next week. I'll we'll see. 
All right. Well, I'm glad you got in, Uncle Bill. I knew uh, Austin said he wasn't going to be able to make it today. So we um, we have Squadcaster B6BE, Josh Moe, Big Balls, and Quincy Moran, The Obvious. There we go. What does that mean, The Obvious? Oh, uh, oh you're a dude? Yeah, my pronouns are obvious. I'm a guy. I've got a beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I agree. You have it. Hey, they females got beards. <laughs> some of them don't even. Some of them didn't even take no hormones for them. <laughs> True. I have known some ladies that are ladies with a mustache. That is. A, that's a tough road to hoe. Uh, all right, guys, go ahead and sign off. Josh, what do you want to say? Anything? Any final thoughts? Roll tide, man. What do you mean? Right. Oh, I can't. I can't leave. Wild Bill, any uh, any final thoughts? Roll tide. Brighter days are ahead. Let's hope so. And that we lost. Happen. We lost one time, dude. <laughs> God is still. Hey, the sun still come up yesterday morning. Yeah, but it, did you hear yourself? Brighter days are ahead. It's like we lost one game. Brighter. Well. And we're freaking. We're melting ahead. down. That is how spoiled we are. This is we, a different. This is a different situation. Still, though, I'm just saying we lost one game, and we are flipping out. All right, we love you guys. All right, we love you back. He's Bill Smith. Wild Bill. He's Josh Moran, part of the Moran Brothers. I'm Quincy Moran, and this is the BS Podcast. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.